Well, hello everyone. Today is May 5th, 2021. This is the Byron Howell Ministries podcast. My name is Byron Howell. Thank you so much for joining us to get today. Uh, thank you as always for any feedback you've given me. Always appreciate that. Please uh, subscribe. Please tell your friends. Please uh, message us, review, comment, like. Let us know if you have any questions or ever want to talk about any of these things. We really appreciate that. So today we're going to talk about knowing God's will. And let me just say that, you know, so many of us are so hungry to know God's will for our life, God's plan for our lives, what what God wants us to do. And uh, it's a great subject, it's, uh, something that, that all Christians go through, really is not just confined to Christians. I mean, tons and tons of people out there want to know God's plan for their life. Uh, regardless if they're, you know, just active believers, uh, actively have faith in, in Jesus Christ. But, but people want to know what the creator created them for, what the creator wants them to do. And fortunately, as, as Christians, you know, this, this really it's part of our inheritance. It's absolutely something that God has for us to know his will. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And I really think that this is going to bless you. I think that this is going to make this subject, at least I think there's a great starting point for the subject for hearing from God, a starting point for the subject for, for knowing God's will. I think this is going to help you really start, you know, putting together a framework for this, you know, knowing God's will for your life. So I hope you enjoy. And I'll just start by saying, you know, some years ago I was invited to teach the foundations class for the men's ministry at my church. And we developed a new study guide for the class to really help the members uh, learn the basics of Christianity. And let me just say I'm happy to send that study guide to you, uh, if obviously for free, anytime. Just let me know. It's a great, great resource uh, to have handy to get the, the basic scriptures down, to go through a lot of the basic principles. Highly recommend it. Also, my book, How to Succeed in Life, really goes through a lot of those uh, basic Christian doctrines and points. Keys to Life, that's available on Amazon. Anyway, so we we spent a few months, we went back through all the core doctrines and the core verses that really teach the Christian principles. And, you know, I had read all of those before and looked at all that information before, but but this time I came with really a very a very fresh and important revelation, and that is that ignorance of God's will is totally unbiblical. Or to put it another way, God never wants us to lack knowledge of his will. In fact, we can and should know God's will at all times. You see, God has a will for our lives. God wants certain things in our lives and God does not want other things in our lives. And God's will for our lives does not automatically come to pass. We need to learn his ways and his will and then we need to do our part. We need to work with God to see his will become our reality. Now, maybe you don't believe that, uh, but we're not going to get into that today. It's just the way it is. God's will for your life is not going to automatically happen. You can't just do, say, think, live however you want and expect God's perfect will to be your personal reality. That is absolutely not how it works. But regardless of whether you believe that or not, uh, we still want his will for our lives. We want that. We love God. We trust him. We know that he knows best and we want what he wants. But, but the hard part 
unfortunately, is knowing God's will. And I realized doing that study that, that that's just an unbiblical concept, that God wants us to have a working knowledge of his will for our lives at all times. And, you know, it's unfortunate that the hard part is sometimes knowing it and then knowing what to do in our lives, in our specific situations, in light of what his will might be. And so we find ourselves, you know, when we pray or as we go through life saying things like, you know, if it be thy will and and things like that, and we're, we find ourselves praying those prayers because we don't really know what God's will is in a given situation. But for Christians, that should never be the case. And and even as I say that, I, I feel in me what what you might be feeling in you. Now, for me, it's a memory of how I used to think because now my mind's been renovated and changed in this area that I should absolutely know God's will all of the time in every area of my life. You might be thinking, man, is that possible? Could I possibly know God's will in every area of my life? What would my life be like if I absolutely knew what God wanted for me in any particular given situation? And I am absolutely here to tell you that that is God's will for your life. And that is a possibility for your life. No, it's not going to happen overnight, but it absolutely will happen. And I would go so far as to say that I know God's will in in a large uh you know percentage of my life um it's actually i think this is much easier than you think we're going to talk about some of the ways that that's an easier concept that you think there's no question that i need to stay close to god i need to be praying to god for his specific will as i go through life as i encounter various circumstances but but you can absolutely know god's will in every area of your life and and i actually think it's it's much easier than we've thought and for the parts that might still be somewhat difficult, which would be, you know, a specific direction, you know, in every area of your life. Well, that that's part of the package, too, that God wants you to have. And, and that is absolutely obtainable as well. Now, I will grant you that it's probably not a huge list of people that, you know, live or have ever lived with a constant working knowledge of God's will. It shouldn't be that way, but I think it probably has been, unfortunately. But even those who uh, do, even those who, people who have lived or do live like this, you know, they weren't born that way. No one came out of their womb, not even Jesus, you know, with an absolute understanding and knowledge of God's perfect will over everything. They just like Jesus, they had to spend time with God to learn his will. And look at this passage from the life of Jesus. I, I find this fascinating. This is from Luke chapter six, verses 12 through 13. One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and he spent the night praying to God. So Jesus prayed all night. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them whom he also designated apostles. So. Jesus had a bunch of disciples following him around, listening, helping, but but he knew that he was supposed to choose 12 special disciples to be apostles. And and exactly how he knew that, I don't know, there's certainly, you know, various points about the number 12 throughout the Bible and things like that, but that's not important. He knew that he had to pick 12 
that were going to be apostles, that were going to, you know, give their lives to his message after he was gone. And he prayed to God all night about that decision, making sure he was absolutely clear on God's will, because Jesus in his humanity did not know every single thing about these men that 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 they would you know be the right people to take this gospel for the rest of their lives he he had a a large group of disciples so he needed the true direction from the father god with his unlimited omniscience knowing everything that that he would direct jesus to pick the right 12 and so, you know, Jesus may have even had a very good idea about which ones were going to be the 12, but he still, even if he had a great idea, even if he was pretty clear, still spent all night praying about it. And, and these apostles, the ones who he chose, now we're not really counting Jesus, or excuse me, Judas, so 11 of them, they took the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world after Jesus ascended back up into heaven for good. And, you know, we don't get a lot of the stories about them in the Bible, but that, that's exactly what happened. It's very, very interesting to, to read about that. But, but they gave their lives to the gospel and they took it far and went to different areas and preached. You see, this personnel decision uh, was very, very important. So Jesus spent serious time with God to discern and make sure he had a clear understanding of God's will to make sure he got it right. And I love that story because it illustrates Jesus' relationship with God and how he spent time with God to learn God's will. Now, I think we would all probably agree that some things Jesus just kind of knew what God's will was. And he didn't really need to you know, pray all night about, about every little thing that he did. I mean, one thing very interesting, you look, you look every single person that approached Jesus in the Bible for healing was healed. Jesus didn't need to pray about that on any, you know, kind of regular basis. He knew that it was the will of the Father for him to heal those who approached him with faith for healing. That was the deal. If you approach Jesus for faith, with faith for healing, you were getting healed. And people can speculate all day long, but that's exactly what the Bible says. If you approached Jesus for healing, with faith to be healed, you were getting healed. Praise the Lord. That's the truth. It's actually still the truth today. But let's not get off of our topic. And so look at, you know, as we think about Jesus and his relationship to the will of God, how important it was to him to know God's will. Look at, he says, John six thirty eight, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. John 4:34 My food said Jesus is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Jesus knew God's will and lived for it. And the same should be true for us. Most of the people I know that read or hear these teachings, I mean, you know, my teachings and stuff I put out there, most of you that that I actually talk to about these things that give me feedback. I I know you. You know you love God. You want God's will for your life and you want more of God in your daily life and you like the idea of living in God's will and and you know for the most part you're not even starting off on, on a bad place you're not dealing with the wrong idea that you know maybe God wants you to be broke or maybe God wants you to be sick or these unbiblical ideas that religion has 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 poured out 
on Christianity that are totally unbiblical, that God would want you to be sick or broke or have some sort of other major problem, that that would be God's will for your life. Absolutely not. You know that that's wrong. You know that God doesn't have those things for you. And so furthermore, you know that God has abundant life for you. Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and that more abundantly. That's John 10, 10. So you know God has good things for you and you want his will for your life. So the question becomes, what is God's will? How do we learn God's will? What should we do about it? These are major questions that most Christians ask themselves throughout their lives. And this brings me back to the revelation I received, which, look, I mean, when I say I received a revelation, I don't mean some new thing that no one's ever, you know, thought of or realized before. I just mean revelation to me, something God revealed to me through his word that now I'm blessed that I can share with other people. And it's that, you know, we should absolutely know God's will for our lives and we should know what to do about it. And yeah, this is very closely related to the topic of hearing from God. And and just the other day, my daughter asked me, I can't honestly remember the context uh, right this second, but we were just having a talk about, you know, what she was interested in, activities, and she's 10. And she was saying, you know, how do I know what which one of these would be best? Oh, we were talking about what she wants to do when she grows up. And she's saying, how do I know what God wants me to do when I grow up? And I explained that, you know, with all of these questions, we just need to put the issue before God in prayer. Hey, God, this is what's going on. God, what is your will about this? What do you think about this? But then the key is see, see, to ask God for what his will is or to reveal his will to you. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And that is absolutely an appropriate prayer. But where we've missed it is understanding that God absolutely hears that prayer and God absolutely answers that prayer every time. And where we've missed it is not being tuned in to God's communication methods so that we could actually get that answer. That we've continued to think that his will was somewhere off, that we're not going to be able to get it or we're not going to be able to understand it or anything like that. So I explain, you know, look, we put the issue before God in prayer and then we listen to his various communication methods. And again, I encourage you to listen to my other teachings about hearing from God where I can kind of review those in detail. But the Bible clearly describes several different ways that God communicates to his people. And when you tune in, you're going to start hearing him. It's just that simple. And just so we be clear, uh, get into the word of God, develop a prayer life. Also add to it, spending a little time in worship, some songs, some prayer, some Bible. Those are the three master keys to tuning you in. And when you tune in, you're going to begin hearing from God. And it's really going to help you if you have a working knowledge of of God's communication methods so that when he speaks, you recognize, whoa, that crazy dream I had last night, that that may have been from God. Or, whoa, that voice that I just feel like I heard, I didn't hear it with my ear, but man, it didn't sound like the voice of my mind. That may have been the voice of the Holy Spirit. You know, we get this working knowledge of these communication methods because when God begins to speak to you through the biblical communication methods, which is absolutely the way God is going to speak to you, then uh, then when you begin to see those show up in your life, now you're ready. Now you can listen. Now you can recognize it. And now you can, can obey. And so... The key, though, for today is is I want to build your faith. I want to 
encourage you that you can absolutely know God's will for your life. And that it is, in fact, God's will for you to know God's will in every aspect of your life. Again, it's not automatic. God's will is not automatic and knowing his will isn't automatic either. But let's look at what the Apostle Paul prayed. We're going to look at some very, very powerful verses here, short verses, but very powerful about knowing God's will and and God's desire for you to know his will. Look what Paul prayed for the Colossians. And this prayer still reflects God's will for you and me today. When you read, especially in the New Testament, Paul praying for various churches or saying, you know, this is my prayer for you. You can read that as this is God's prayer for you. Those were Holy Spirit inspired prayers for the church that still apply to us today. All right. So Paul says in Colossians 1 9, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives. You know, I love the way that the uh, NIV translation renders the last part of that verse. Wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives. Other translations read wisdom and spiritual understanding. And that's fine, too. But I think the NIV translation nicely emphasizes that it's the Holy Spirit that brings us this wisdom and understanding to have knowledge of God's will. Oh, that God would give me the platform to help everyone understand the relation, the importance of our relationship with the Holy Spirit. I'm never going to stop talking about it. And that relationship is crucial to knowing God's will and hearing from God. So let me briefly mention 1 Corinthians chapter 2 again, because I want you to see the connection here between 1 Corinthians 2 and Colossians uh, chapter 1. And hopefully you will remember this forever. And the role of the Holy Spirit in revealing God's will for your life. In Colossians, we Paul says that he wants God to fill us with the knowledge of God's will through the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. Listen to 1 Corinthians 2.9. The things God has prepared for those who love him, these are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. 1 Corinthians 2.12 says, What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. God wants to fill, that's that's the end of the quote. You see, God wants to fill us with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives. The spirit gives us many things, it's true, and he gives us wisdom and understanding in many areas. But Colossians 1.9 says he gives us Wisdom and understanding that fills us with the knowledge of God's will. And 1 Corinthians 2 says that God's spirit reveals to us everything God has prepared for us and everything God has given us. So this is everything God wants us to have and everything God wants us to do. Those are major, major parts of God's will for your life. The other part, which also is significantly developed by the Holy Spirit, is is who God wants you to be, how to become the highest and best expression of who you are, which the Holy Spirit helps you realize. But again, you know, very specifically in in, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it's everything God has prepared for you. That includes all the good works he wants you to do and everything God has freely given you. So how? How can I tell you, whoever you are, 
my my friend, my brother, my sister, how can I tell you that you should absolutely know God's will for your life? It's because if you are a Christian, the Holy Spirit is inside of you, and it's the Holy Spirit's job to reveal God's will for your life. He's doing his job. He's absolutely there, ready, willing, and able to reveal God's will for you. Are you tuned in? That's the question. Are you ready to receive it? This is one of the major reasons we even have the Holy Spirit to reveal God's will to us. And you should know all of God's will, all of it, at any given time. All that you need to know, you should know. And let me show you just something else amazing before we move on, because I do want to touch on a couple of these more more complicated theological issues, but I'm going to obviously try to make them as easy as possible and help you just get this this basic working knowledge of some of these statements that we make in the church a lot. But before we move on, Paul says in Colossians, after telling us that God wants to be God wants us to be filled with the knowledge of his will, he goes on to say this. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in Christ. And my friend, my brother, sister in Christ, Christ is in you. And let's just put some of these ideas together so we get just a real basic understanding. You see, God is the Trinity, a three-part being. He is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. They are three in one. They, They are separate but united. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. And it is this same Holy Spirit that comes to live inside of us when we become Christians. Not only does he come inside of us as the presence of God, but he also bonds with our spirits to unite us with God and to make us the children of God. Furthermore, the Spirit of God is also the Spirit of Christ. And when the Bible says that God and Jesus come to live inside of us, they come to live inside of us through their spirit, which is the Holy Spirit. Now, I hope that makes some of those ideas a little clearer. So God and Jesus live inside of you by their spirit, the Holy Spirit, and all of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are in Christ, and therefore they are in you because the spirit of Christ is in you. The First Corinthians 2 goes on to say, that the Holy Spirit knows everything about God, even God's deepest thoughts. And it's the Holy Spirit's job to reveal all of God's will for your life. So let's look at this another way. The Holy Spirit knows everything about God and the Holy Spirit knows everything about you. And God wants you to be filled with the knowledge of God's will. And the Holy Spirit knows all of that too. And because of that, so let me just say this again, as the Holy Spirit is already in you, my Christian brother or sister, all the complete knowledge of God's will is already inside of you. You don't need to go get this uh, will. We don't need to go get the knowledge of God's will, you know, from heaven. You don't have to go on some great quest 
the moment you became a Christian, all that you would ever need to know for your life immediately became deposited inside of you or was deposited inside of you through the presence of the Holy Spirit. Now, can we just take a second and say that's that's pretty amazing, that that's pretty awesome, that all I would ever, ever, ever need to know really for all of eternity is already inside of me because God and his spirit is in me. I mean, that's amazing. And, you know, but God understands that that while this knowledge, and don't get me wrong, I'm not, I mean, yes, that's a wonderful, wonderful truth. But God understands that while this knowledge, wisdom, and understanding might be present in his spirit, you need it to reach your mind. All right, this is, he gave us a brain that is a very important part of our natural existence, all right? And if you're going to even do something, let's just break it down, okay? If you, if God told you to walk over and pray for somebody at the pump next to you at the gas station, okay, which, which, uh, I kind of talked about last time. If God tells you to do that, if that is in the knowledge base of the Holy Spirit as God's will for your life, then that information must get to your brain. If for no other reason that your brain can send signals to your feet to walk towards that individual and your brain can send signals to your mouth to say whatever it is that God wants you to say. So this treasure trove of wisdom and understanding that is already in your spirit, it needs to get to your mind. Now you get that. I understand it, but I think it helps that we identify this issue. Yes, God knows everything. And you would even agree with me by looking at these verses that, that everything that you'll ever need to know. Okay. Okay. Byron, fine. It's in me. It's in my spirit. That's wonderful. I love the fact that, you know, I don't have to climb, you know, Mount Sinai or whatever. I don't have to go somewhere crazy to get that information. It's already inside of me, but I've got to get it to my brain. And yes, it's true. I have talked about how your relationship with God will serve to change you and mold you in ways that change your nature and bypass your brain. And I think that's a very powerful reality where all of a sudden I'm naturally more loving. I'm naturally more patient. That that my brain is now defaulting to love, defaulting to gentleness, defaulting to kindness. That I don't want to split hairs here, but but truthfully that's a that's a natural change. That's a change in my nature, but it's also a simultaneous change in my mind that's happening as I'm spending time with God, as I'm fellowshipping with the Spirit of God. But I don't want to digress here. I must get the understanding, the wisdom of God's will to my brain. That's what we're talking about. And so we need to do, what we need to do is let the wisdom of God from both his word and his spirit change the way we think if we really want to see or know all of God's will for our lives. Romans 12 verse 2. Don't copy. I mean, it's like you find these verses or you know these verses and you think, wow, I mean, this is amazing how clear it really makes it. Romans 12 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, 
But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. What an amazing verse. If you will change the way you think, you can learn to know God's will, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So the key, a key, key component in learning to know God's will is changing the way you think. Yes, that is not diminish the role of the Holy Spirit in his job of revealing to us God's specific will for our lives, which again is something that the Holy Spirit has been tasked to do and is something the Holy Spirit will do as you get more and more tuned in to the frequency of God. But we also have a role to play. We must let God transform us by changing the way we think and allowing God to change the way you think is one of the master keys. And I've talked about that subject before. Uh, one of the, I think it's the King James says, renewing of your mind. The word renew means to renovate. We need to renovate our thinking. We need to fundamentally rip out a lot of the old thinking and put in the new thinking. And we do that by putting in God's word and thinking that's in line with God's word. And you may also recall, we talked a little bit about this when we talked about how to become spiritual and what it really means to be spiritual. Let me make it clear, because this really helped me when I saw this in the word of God. When God says you have to renovate your mind or change the way you think, here is the specific definition of that. You must go from being carnally minded to spiritually minded. We need to stop thinking about the things of the world and the things of the flesh and allowing those types of daily life thoughts and natural lives, uh, natural thoughts. We have to stop letting them dominate and control the way we think. And we need to allow the things of God, the purposes of God, the plans of God, the, the, the thoughts of God, the ways of God. We need to allow those to shape and control the way we think. We need to take a spiritually, a spiritual and godly approach to our lives, a truly develop a spiritual mentality. And you see, that is going to happen. As you begin spending time in the Word of God, your mind is going to change, your thinking is going to be changing. And, and let me just say this, it's not time in the Word of God as an academic study. Now, I know you who are listening to this probably understand this, but it, it's worth mentioning. It's not time in the Word of God as an academic study. It's time in the Word of God as if you read a book that was the greatest uh, self-help book of all time. I'm not saying that that's exactly what the Bible is. What I'm saying is that's the way that we kind of read it. That if we knew that 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 this book, that the author of this book loved me more than I could fathom. And the author of this book was teaching me through various uh, directions and stories and teachings, all the different types of writing that the Bible contains. If I knew that the author of this book not only loved me more than I could ever fathom, but in fact had written this book as a giant love letter to me to teach me how to have the greatest possible life, 
then all the, if I'm reading it that way, I'm submitting to it. I'm hearkening to it, which means I'm, I'm hearing it, but I'm obeying it. I'm allowing it to change my life. I'm allowing to guide, I'm allowing it to guide my life. As you read the Bible that way, yes, absolutely, your thinking is going to change. You are going to go from carnally minded to spiritually minded. And that is going to have a huge impact on your knowledge of God's will. And, uh, we're going to continue a little bit as we, as we talk about this. Cause remember, I told you early on that, that, I actually believe that knowing God's will in many parts of our lives is is easier than we think. And you can definitely get started uh, quickly living this way where, yeah, no, I know God's will about this particular situation. I know God's will about that particular situation. And you see, my guess is that more of a guess, more than a guess, but most of you are somewhere on this journey. I mean, we all are. We've started to allow God's word to guide our lives. We are allowing God's word to change the way we think, to change the way we live, and that's wonderful. And this takes time for everyone. We grow and learn and change, and we see that we still have more growth, learning, and change ahead of us. But that's not bad news, not something to get down about. It's great news. And we are on our way. As Andrew Womack likes to say, I haven't arrived, but I've left. I mean, you know what? I, I haven't reached at all. I'm sure not there. I try to be open about that with you, but I'm not the person I used to be. I, I'm not the person I was 20 years ago. I don't think I have matured, you know, to a certain extent. And I can see the evidence in my life and the effect of the Spirit of God, you know, that relationship with the Spirit of God and the change in my thinking. Again, still got a long way to go. And some days I feel like, man, have I really been saved that long? How could I do something so so dumb? How could I make that particular decision? But you know what? I know that God is at work in my life, just like he's at work in your life. And, you know, we're doing what God wants us to do. We're working on change. We're working on allowing his ways and his thoughts to invade our lives and shape our lives. And, you know, the truth is uh, you probably know a lot more of God's will right now than you already realize. And so here's what I want to kind of do. I want to suggest to you that the next time you are confronted with a decision where you want to know God's will, put it through a decision-making paradigm based on God's word. Now, I find this is actually easy and helpful. Now, let me just start by saying, um, when you're approached with, uh, let's, let's start this. This is the decision-making paradigm. Let's just start here. Is what you are considering, considering a sinful act based on a reasonable view of the action and God's word? Okay, so you have... Uh, opportunity. You have a decision. There's something you're thinking about and it's obviously sinful. Or even if it's not like obviously sinful, eh, it's probably sinful. Uh, I actually had somebody suggest to me something the other day that I think that the most reasonable, uh, if God was interpreting this situation or if I asked God if this potential course of action was sinful, I think God would say it is. You know, not, not, you know, it's not like adultery or I don't know, using hard drugs or something like that. But it was just a potential situation that I think the most reasonable interpretation of that situation in light of all the factors is it would be sinful. Therefore, I cannot do it. No matter what other people may think about whether or not it's sinful, I, I cannot participate in that. I cannot be a part of that. I cannot take that action. 
So if it's something sinful, uh, if something obviously sinful, you're probably not consulting God anyway if you're even thinking about it. But to the extent that you're going to think about whether it's God, God's will and you know it's obviously sinful, then just don't do it. And if you think about it a little bit and you think, man, you know, eh, it could be simple, sinful, just just don't go for it. Just don't do it. Just let it go. If it's if it's anywhere in a gray area, if it's potentially over the line, just don't do it. You know, and you're going to forget about it soon enough anyway. And not long after that, if you even think about it again, my guess is you're going to be glad that you avoided it. Uh, maybe for a variety of different reasons, you avoided punishment, you avoided trouble, you avoided making a bad decision. But I think, you know, once that kind of the immediacy and the situation of, of that decision making issue is right in front of you, once you're a little removed from that, now you can say, oh man, you know what? I'm glad I didn't go down that road. That was not the right thing for me to do. Maybe that's not like wicked sin, but I'm glad I stayed away with that, away from that. So here's my point. When you are looking for God's will as you go through life, obviously some things are obviously sinful. We don't do that. The next step, I think, in the paradigm to just keep it simple, to just help get us started, is if I take the most reasonable view of this particular situation, is it sinful? All right. Again, not wicked sin, not crazy, but is this the wrong thing to do? Am I, am I slightly cheating somebody? Am I slightly misleading somebody? Am I slightly taking something that belongs to somebody else? Am I, you know, do any of these things apply? Then no, I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to go forward. I'm going to skip it. And Assuming, and, and then, you know, that's going to help you. That's going to really help a lot of decisions. Now, but maybe you're beyond that, uh, where you just immediately dismiss sinful things. Or maybe the decision that is approaching you doesn't really have anything to do with sin. It's not a sinful situation. I get issues like that all the time. But so assuming the potential action or decision is not sinful, you can keep taking that decision through your decision-making paradigm. And I think this is the next question. And again, we should always be praying. We should always be tuned in, always be listening for God's specific direction in our lives. That's always what we want because you get that real clear word of God or, you know, specific direction for the Holy Spirit. Then you drop the paradigm. You do what he says and you move forward. He's never going to tell you to do something sinful, by the way. So you don't necessarily drop that part of the paradigm. But it's not sinful. And God tells you to do it. Boom. You do it. You move forward in faith. But assuming you don't have that, uh, you know, specific direction from God, you can keep walking through this paradigm. And here's the next question that I ask myself. How does it fit with God's directions for my life? Will it help me spiritually? Will it help other people? How, how is this contributing to this life that I'm trying to build that, that is in God's will? And this is something that I kind of think about a little bit, which I think might help you. You know, imagine that you're in a river and this river is, is really carrying you through life and it's carrying you towards God's perfect plan for your life, your ultimate destiny, all the good works God has for you, God's perfect will. It's a beautiful river and it's carrying you along. Now, now there are various tributaries, the, the wrong road, the different paths you could take that will take you in the wrong direction. You could also, you know, get out of the river altogether and start walking in the opposite direction. 
Then there are, you know, as you go through life, maybe you see that there are various springs along the river that, that would nourish the river, that would feed the river, that would, you know, bring life to the river, that would speed you along your journey, right? Those are good things. But, but then there are also, you know, pollutants and trash and, and debris and things that could either injure you, could, could stop up the river, could pollute the river, could, could damage the water. You know, this is how I really kind of view my life as a whole. I'm not saying I sit there thinking about the river all this time, but you see, it's, it's all, it all works together. Okay, everything in your life with God kind of works together. So I think if you picture your life from that perspective and then look at the various decisions you have to make, how are they contributing to the river? Is this a potential tributary that's going to take me off of God's path? Is this uh, a potential pollutant? I mean, I think a good example of a pollutant could be, you know, the ungodly entertainment that we're we're inundated with, especially, you know, we have Netflix, we have Amazon, we have this, that, the other, all all sorts of something godly, all sorts of ungodly entertainment that that could really pollute our thinking and pollute our lives. And I think that's just an example. So is this show good for me to watch? Is this uh, you know, and then there can be people that just really don't belong in your lives. They're not Christians. They're, you don't have a ministry, uh, you know, opportunity with them. You can't really encourage them. The influence is not going the right way. They're a negative influence on you. You gotta, you know, you gotta just, unfortunately, you can't spend time with those people. You can't spend time with those entertainment, uh, opportunities. You can't spend time with certain endeavors or certain activities. It's just the way it is. So my point is, does the situation at hand that you need to make a decision about, does it work with God's directions for your life? Does it work with where you're trying to go in life from the perspective of your life with God? If so, then I think, you know, you could certainly, again, put it before God and consider uh, going in that direction. I think that's a great way to look at it. But look, if you take a reasonable view, and this is not the kind of thing that is going to help you or help your river or add life to the li- add life or nutrients to the life that you're trying to create, then you just got to let it go. Right? You just got to just got to move on and keep those things out of your life. You know, and as you spend more time with God in prayer and in the Bible, you're going to tune in to God's spirit. You're going to begin hearing from God more and more, and that's going to help you tremendously. But as you are learning and as you are tuning in, I believe these mental frameworks uh, that you know you can really do based on what you know about God already, you know that he's loving, he's wise, he's pure, he's holy, he's kind. Knowing what you know about God already and applying the decisions in your life to that knowledge, I believe, is really going to help you greatly. And I'll just say, I recently had two work situations that put me in difficult positions, and neither one of them was sinful. I just I had to decide whether to get involved in a couple of matters. And I, I, I acknowledged God. I thought about God. I put them before God. I tried to discern the leading of the Holy Spirit in these uh, situations. And I also kind of ran them through uh, the decision-making paradigm. And I didn't really have a lot of time 
on either one of them. So I was really trying to feel the leading of the Holy Spirit and also putting both situations through my decision-making paradigm at the same time. And so I looked at both of these situations kind of in the light of, you know, the overall direction of God for my life. And I encourage you to do the same, uh, especially when making life choices or life decisions, anything of any consequence, right? But, you know, these two situations are, are very equal in nature, probably equally difficult. But but while one of them makes a lot of sense in the light of where I believe God is directing me, what God's done in me over the past few months, where God is sending me, you know, one of the decisions works very well from that perspective, but the other decision does not. Now, I will say that I wasn't like super wild about either one, but one of them made a lot of sense in the light of what God's doing in my life, and the other one did not. And that's the decision I had to make. And I also think it's interesting that if I had been approached with this a year ago, the exact same paradigm would have led me to opposite conclusions. So I really need to be conscious of, you know, where is God have me today? Where is God sending me tomorrow? And you really can do that as you're spending more and more time with God and seeking his will for your life. But anyway, that was, you know, that's the decision I made. One of them worked with where God has me today and one of them did not. And, and you know, and, and even if I made the wrong decision, as long as I'm approaching it like that, and this is a very important point for you as you start trying to understand God's will and apply God's will to your life. Sometimes, even though we're operating in the best of our abilities and in the integrity of our heart and trying to seek God, maybe we still make the wrong decision. And I believe that when you do that, when that happens, when God knows in the integrity of your heart you did your best, but you made the wrong decision, you're still going to be protected. You're still going to have the blessing of God. And either he'll help you get out of a decision. Man, I remember one time where I really thought I was making the right decision. And at the last minute, I had just this crystal clear word from God that, man, you, Byron, you made the wrong decision. You got to get yourself out of that. And for, I mean, it was crazy. Few minutes later, I got a phone call. I mean, on a Sunday night, I got a phone call about this situation where I knew God was leading me by His Spirit. I had to get out of it. Got a phone call. Not not even a half an hour after, uh, I really felt strongly from the Lord. I got a phone call out of nowhere on a Sunday night, and boom, that was my exit. And I recognized it, and I took it, and I said, "You know what? I'm out." And, oh my Lord, that was years ago. Am I thankful that I got out? Um, but, you know, praise God. And this particular situation um, that I just focused on a couple of days ago where I had to make this decision, you know, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do my best. This is the decision I'm going to make. God, I know you're going to protect me because I'm operating in the integrity of my heart, even if I made the wrong decision. And, you know, sure enough, I think it was either that night or the next night I had this dream, which I know was from God saying, you know what? You made the right decision on that one. Everything's going to be fine. So, so I was really thankful about that. Obviously, that helps big time. But again, you see, you know, my friend, more of God's will already than you probably realize. A lot of you have a very solid understanding of the Word of God. You've spent time in church. You've spent time in the Word of God. You have some basic understanding of the nature of God. And so that alone helps you to make decisions and know God's will in many areas of your life. 
And now I think if you will really apply this kind of biblical spiritual framework to your thinking and to the decisions that come along in your life, that's really going to help you as well to really begin making decisions that, that are guided by wisdom, guided by understanding, spiritual and godly wisdom, truly uh, being led by the Holy Spirit in your thinking and as you approach these decisions. And I believe this is going to help you dramatically to, to, to live in God's will for your life. And on top of all of this, you're tuning in more and more and then you're getting, now you're getting that specific direction that, you know, it's crystal clear, you know, that God has this. God prepared this for you. God has given this to you, you know, and I think that's wonderful. And you are going to see more and more of God's will in your life. Now, in conclusion, you know, just kind of as a wrap up, knowing God's will may sound difficult or impossible, but that is not what the Bible says at all. First of all, we have the Word of God, which teaches us about all of God's general will for our lives and gives us a great amount of guidance on His specific will for our lives. Also, as Christians, we have the Spirit of God, and one of His primary jobs is to reveal God's specific will to us. Analyze your decisions in the light of God's Word and the leading of the Holy Spirit. As you tune in to God's frequently, you are going to hear from God Regular. Let me say it again. As you tune in to God's frequency, you will hear from God regularly. And God will reveal His will to you in every area of your life. Keep working on your thinking, changing the way you think, becoming, sorry, I had to mute a call, becoming spiritually minded. And as you do that, you're going to know God's will. You're going to live in it and you're going to experience all that God has for you. Next time, I'm going to talk to you about the peace of God and how that will also greatly help us discern God's will as we go through our lives. God bless you. I love you. Thank you again.